Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of WNBA Nation. My name's Kyle Haywood, and I'm joined today by my good friend Logan Jones for the back. I think this is back-to-back episodes with you and I, Logan. Uh, but the the difference is, is this one we unfortunately just have nothing to talk about. It's really lame. <laughs> but um, I don't know how we're gonna come up with any episode because nothing's been going down in the W. So, uh, but I'm glad I have you alongside me. Um, any any ideas? Oh, Kyle's Kyle's got jokes. <laughs> uh, no, we did. We we recorded last on Sunday night together uh, because we were thinking, hey, we'll put a pod out on Monday when there's no games or anything going on. People will get to listen to it before the next week of action. And then all day today, I was I was watching games. Like, dude, we might need to record again before Monday. Like, yeah, we're gonna have weekend <laughs> games on top of this now too. So yeah, I hope exactly. whatever people are doing with their Saturdays, they're able to catch this episode. And then we'll. I mean, this this is my favorite part of the season. Frankly, like we're like we actually have stuff to talk about. <laughs> Frankly, like yeah. the 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 off season is really fun because we always have a couple like traditional episodes that we do college ball draft, like all that stuff's great. But I love first of all, I love when you're on summer vacation. Um, yes, <laughs> and pretty pretty soon we're all gonna get back to like a fully healthy uh, roster, and you guys are gonna get the full WNBA Nation experience. So consider yourselves lucky, I guess. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Um, Logan, can we start off today by talking about Ryan Howard beating a record that I didn't realize hadn't been broken yet? Yeah, absolutely. This is insane. So Ryan Howard um, just set a record for uh, fastest, fastest to get 103 pointers made in a career in a WNBA career. Now, initially, um this this next part the 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 reason why this record is really impressive. I mean, outside of the fact that I mean, this is this is a, a great feat for anybody. She did it in just 40 games, right? So that's what two and a half two and a half uh three-pointers made per game. That alone is really impressive. But then when you consider that this record has stood since 1998 when Cynthia Cooper Dyke had this had this accomplishment in her first 41 games. Now, Logan, why in the world <laughs> has it been so long since this since this record has been broken? What do you think? Uh I guess cuz a, a couple things have to happen. Uh you have to come into the league as an elite three-point scorer, you can't you can't add it to your game as a as a tool later on. You you have to come into the league and get playing time right away and have a team trust you with the ball and with the offense. Um, you know, you'll you'll see a lot of highly drafted players, you know, first round players come in and like either not touch the floor the first half of the season or when they're out there, it's definitely just to give some starter breather minutes. They're they're not really supposed to have the ball in their hands. They're definitely not supposed to be taking multiple threes a game. You you come in and you're Ryan Howard and you get to a roster that is like undergoing a complete refresh. 
Um, you know, they had a cultural reset a couple seasons ago, washed our hands of kind of that whole drama going on with that team, started building around her, and she was the go-to, and she was able to handle it, which, by the way, NBA or WNBA, anytime you get someone who comes in at age 22 in a professional league, particularly in the WNBA where there's only 12 roster spots on 12 teams, um, it, that's that's just that alone is really really rare and then on top of that to to basically just like not have any off nights the first season and a half of your career um i i don't know how i mean i feel like i have an off night every other pod like <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll record two pods in a week and one of them might be okay and the other one will be like ah, i don't know what i was saying so <laughs> she she strung together 40 in a row at a professional level so that that's even all that said, I am surprised that it stood as long as that there's been so many good three point shooters in the league over time that I'm surprised someone didn't come in and immediately set the league on fire, you know, go, go full on. I don't know. Like, so we'll get to Sabrina later on in this episode, by the way, we're not ignoring her, but like, you don't have someone like that come in and like right away, just torch the net every single night for a straight season and plus. You know, she'll come in and she'll have eight threes in a game, uh, but then, you know, ankle injury or whatever keeps her. I don't know. There's just a lot of circumstances that have to go right in addition to being super uber talented. Uh, and I guess they finally did. By the way, fun fact, I don't know if you know this yet. This will not be the only time Cynthia Cooper comes up on this episode. Ooh. Just a little, little preview there. I'm excited to see what Logan has in store. <laughs> I, again, this is, I mean, Cynthia Cooper Dyke came in as an established basketball player. Um, obviously, you know, came in and wasn't that young rookie age and started out as, you know, just right out the gate making all, all these threes. And so it makes sense that she would have that record. It's so impressive that nobody has beaten it yet. It makes sense that it's been her record. But again, 25 years and still nobody's touched it. You would expect somebody like a Tarasi or a, a Rike or something like that. And it just goes to show you how rare it is, uh, how, what a rare feat Ryan Howard is accomplishing in Atlanta. And it's maybe not resulting in as many Atlanta wins just yet. But this Atlanta team, this is, uh, they are, their trajectory the last year or two has been really exciting to watch this is a team that uh if if you were wanting to get in on a team if you're a listener right now that's checking out our show that you're like oh, i want to get in the WNBA, but i don't really know who i should who i should have you know be cheering for i live i don't live anywhere near a team atlanta is a team that you could get in right now and say hey i'm obviously not a bandwagoner because they're not they haven't been good for several seasons they're not necessarily great this season but if you want to pick a team that's probably going to have a really fun future in the next couple seasons and you're going to watch kind of a rise of a team, I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be this Atlanta Dream team. This is this is a lot of fun. So congrats to Ryan Howard um, on that on that big accomplishment. But uh, Logan, since we recorded last Another milestone has been hit this season, and that is that there are no more unbeaten teams left because the Connecticut Sun took care of business against the Las Vegas Aces, handing the Aces their very first loss of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Logan? Oh, I mean, they didn't just hand it to them. They, like, handed it to them. 
if you <laughs> yeah. if you get my drift. Yes. Um, there was I, this doesn't cheapen anything that Connecticut did at all. They played an awesome game. Uh, it was about time for the Aces to have like a hiccup game. Uh, it happens to everybody. The Aces had played a bunch of games in not very many nights. I don't think like this is panic mode at all for the Aces, so don't worry. But this was their fourth straight road game. Uh, their second against Connecticut. So they had battled in a six-point contest like two nights prior. I don't remember mm. what day it was. Anyway, it it was it was coming. Um, I don't think... <laughs> I think it's funny that uh, Van Gundy on national television the other day was like, the Aces are going to go undefeated. Because at about that point, <laughs> I, I think even Becky Hammond was like, ah, well... All right. You had to say it. You <laughs> had to say I, it. I guess we're due. But we're burying yeah. the lead here because this game really wasn't about the Aces at all. It was about Dewana Bonner, uh, who absolutely could not be stopped. She went for 41 points and seven rebounds. It was a franchise high for the Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was an eruption. It, it, was, it was a really special game for her. Um it, it's you always think of this Aces team and you're like, oh, they're going to put up 100 points a game and they've got length, they've got size. And they, you know, Candace Parker's their defensive player of the year, all-star, superstar, whatever. Um, even this roster on, on Dewana Bonner night, there's just nothing you can do. Right. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> 16 for 23, shit five threes. Uh, she was plus 29 <laughs> for the night, which is insane. I don't know if I said the final score, but it was 94 to 77. So they won by what? What is that? 17? 17, yeah. Uh, I don't think the Aces are going to lose by 17 very much this year. Uh, I also, I remember messaging you guys at halftime. They only had 28 points at the half. I don't think that's going to happen again all year. They're not going to have a half that bad on the offensive side again. Uh, And to their credit, by the way, Vegas did bounce back and have like a more, you know, the Vegas that you're used to seeing in the second half. Yeah, they had 49 points in the second half. Um, Yeah. But just goes to show that I, I've already apologized to Connecticut. I'll keep apologizing to them. I love them. I I think my overwhelming sense of their offseason was they had tried to win with the same group so many years in a row that it was time. It, it kind of started to fracture. Kurt Miller went to L.A. John Quill Jones no longer there. Like it, it was just like, all right, they still have talent, but it just feels like it's going to start to unravel because they had their window and they didn't get it done. And... I am sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're seven and two. They obviously they, they on any given night they have uh scorers that can be the best scorers in the league in both Alyssa Thomas and Duana Bonner. Um they're a sound, solid roster. They're I mean, they play about eight or nine deep. They're they're not giving a ton of uh minutes to Nelson Adota or you know Carrington or any of, of those players yet, but like Ty Harris comes off the bench, she's doing well. Um, it, it's just, everything's clicking for them right now. Uh, they're, uh, Sophie's going to win coach of the year at this point. I mean, we're, mm. we still have like 90% of the season left to go, but like it's, it's, that's, what's going to happen. Uh, and I don't know if anybody had that in our, in our, <laughs> in our predictions. So there's, there's one off the list for us already, but I don't know. This, this was just a really, you, you opened this segment by saying there's no more unbeaten teams we might get to the end of the season and I, I maybe this is hyperbole, but it feels like just the aces and the sun and maybe the Liberty are going to be the only teams that get one from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, because as, as much as I, I do try to 
restrain myself and think like, all right, like these are all professional teams. They're not, they're not as, you know, the parody is closer in the league than I give it credit for, which we had a whole episode on that, like just a week or two ago. Um, the truth is that at least in the early going, it feels like the aces and sun can outscore everybody. Uh, and the Liberty are close behind because they're still kind of figuring things out. Once they're fully operational, I do think those three teams are in a tier all their own. I don't think that's a very spicy or even particularly intriguing take because that's just what the standings look like right now. Um, but what a job they did on Asia Wilson. I mean, she yeah. she had a f- okay game, but this is the sort of thing where like, if Dewana Bonner is going off, usually Asia Wilson will have a game where she responds and also is like, hey, I'm a superstar too. Just like I, I don't know if it was tired. I don't know if it was defense, but uh, the Sun wanted you to know. I mean, they they split the games, right? Like the the Aces took one on the road, then lost this this one that we're talking about. Right. I think the Sun want you to know that in a series, you're in for a dogfight. Even if you're Vegas, even if you're New York, doesn't matter who you are. You probably don't want to play Connecticut in a series. <laughs> no, I I think Connecticut is a really scary team, and again. Dewana Bonner does this um, frequently. This is something that she, I feel like she's always going off for like one or two games a season in like the mid thirties, you know, like she'll, she'll be kind of quiet. And in fact, even in this case, I believe that her, the previous game that they played against the aces, I think she only had like five or six points in like in, in the loss that they had. And then she bounced right back and drops 41, um, just absolutely on fire. So she's a player that I think is so much fun to watch. I think that uh, I, I think Dewana Bonner has had you know my attention for for several years now since we started this podcast. And uh, every once in a while, just when you start to like a little bit forget about her, is when she steps up and has a game like this and just reminds you, oh yeah, like she is her. You know, like it's she's, there's something she's got it. There's something <laughs> special about watching someone who's been in the league for like a while who has twins go out and get a 40 burger. Like that doesn't, <laughs> that just doesn't happen very often. That's true. That is kind of fun to, <laughs> um, I, I almost completely forgot. Do you want my super cool stat of the week? Yes. Yes. This, yes, 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 yes here's your super cool stat of the week. Uh, nobody has had a line like Dewana Bonner in WNBA history, except one. There is one other game where someone scored 41 points and shot over 65% from the field and over 70% from three. Just one. And it was Cynthia Cooper. I was going to say. Back in 1997. (laughs) (laughs) So In 1997. That means uh, that we probably talked about that performance in our our W History episodes. I'll bet you we we probably hit that. I I know sometimes stats like that feel cherry-picked. What they're trying to say is nobody has scored... Like, like nobody's had a game like this at this level. Like nobody has shot this well or done this much with that many shots or whatever, right. except one other time in WNBA history. So it's not like a benchmark where you're going to keep, keep track of suddenly, like who's shooting over 65% and over 70% from three. But it's just like, right. look, if you like filter the data, this game has only been matched by one other performance. And it was 20 plus years ago. That's that's super impressive. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, speaking of big nights, Bonner was not the only one to have a big night over the last few oh, days. Um, we had a couple of big games today from um, 
Arike Agumbawale and Sabrina Ionescu. So let's start with Arike. Um, you and I just had an episode where we talked about uh, Satu Sabali and Dallas and how, uh, and we even talked about like these points per game, you know, players and, and, you know, we took like the top eight, I believe, you know, everybody averaging 20 or better. And we were like, well, who's good, you know, who could be, who could be that now, you know, and, and who's going to continue to do this in the points per game, uh, you know, section and, and all of that. Well, Arike immediately shot right up, <laughs> right up to number three on the list uh, after tonight's performance because she had a, a, a phenomenal game, a season high 35 points. Um, and our one knock on Agumbawale uh, in our last episode was that she um, has been pretty inefficient, that her efficiency rating was really low compared to everybody else uh, on the list. That was not the case tonight. Shooting 57% from the field, 41% from three, and draining all of her free throws. Uh, really, really solid game across the board from Arike. Now, Satu didn't necessarily have a bad game herself. She also lit up the the um, the box score as well. 17 points, 16 rebounds, um, but she wasn't very efficient tonight. We, she missed uh, quite a few of her shots. Um, but that's what's interesting about this Dallas Wings team, and right now they're on back-to-back wins against the Phoenix Mercury. Um, they, like... It's so fun seeing Sabali and Agumbawale be able to come out and have the kind of games that they're having. And when Satu, you know, shots aren't falling for her, Arike steps up and boom, all of a sudden her shots are falling. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I think that it's it's interesting that you've got Agumbawale, Natasha Howard, and Satu Sabali, and they are taking the vast majority of the shots, um, the, the large bulk of the shots uh, for this team. Um, Natasha Howard had 22 points herself tonight to go with seven boards. So not to get, not saying that this is not a two headed monster in Dallas, but Natasha Howard's obviously doing, doing her thing along with some other, uh, solid role players. I thought Odyssey Sims came in tonight and had a really, really good game, um, played 26 minutes and, um, didn't necessarily like blow up the stat sheet or anything, but was a really efficient, had seven assists to just two turnovers, um, knocked down a couple of shots herself. Um, so this was a this was a really fun game for the Dallas Wings, and they've looked pretty solid over the last last little stretch here against Phoenix. Um, and uh, you know, back to back wins. I, I thought that was interesting. But Logan, you said it yourself. What did you say uh, about uh, Arike? You said that she she will have rough games where she'll drop eight and then turn around. And I believe you said go nuclear. Yeah, yeah. This is totally <laughs> I. This this is the flip side of the coin for Rika. In, in fact, I stand by everything that we said about what Dallas's offensive philosophy should be in our last episode. I still believe all that, but the reason that they give Agumbawale as many shots as they give and trust her with so much of the offense is because you get nights like this, and it's why she's I think a a good pick for anyone as the like the end of the year scoring champion because if you have more ceiling games than you have floor games. You're gonna average 28, 29 a game, even if you have a couple stinkers. <laughs> so this, is, I, I think the uh, the comparison that we did last episode between her and someone like Jewel Lloyd is really interesting because Jewel, when not injured, I trust to go out there and get a very steady like twenty to twenty six a game, 
And Arike's sort of one or the other. Like yeah. She she goes out and she just like isn't feeling it or is uh, is forcing it because she feels like she has to and it's not working, or it's everything's hidden. I mean, five five for twelve from three. Um, yeah, she knew she was the go to tonight and had the hot hand. People were finding her. Um, Natasha Howard in this game is the one that I thought was taking too many shots. There's always somebody on Dallas that's taking too many shots, and it was her this game. Um, Sobley didn't have as good a game as you would have liked to see, but like still ended up with what 17 and 16. Like stats aren't everything, but like she got plenty done. She, you told me she's got she had nine rebounds in the first quarter. I actually missed that. That's pretty spectacular. Yeah, she had nine boards in the first quarter. Um, insane. She's she's an elite talent. I really like her. Maddie Segrist is doing that thing that rookies do where one game she shows up and looks like she needs to be a much bigger part of the plan. And the next game, she just kind of doesn't do much of anything. That's fine. She was the number three pick for Dallas this year. Um, Dallas always has a bunch of first round picks and doesn't know what to do with them. And like, I'm not really freaking out about that, but it would certainly be helpful if we had more meaningful games from her in the future. She did play 10 minutes in this one. Um, I my last note here is sometimes we roll Dallas wrongfully into that group of young up and coming teams, and we do that because they are young age wise. Like they again, they they have been very active in the last two drafts. They have a lot of young talent there, but truthfully, they were in the playoffs last year and put up a pretty good fight. Um, it wasn't just. We technically qualified for the playoffs, but we were planning our vacation in the Caymans the entire time. Like they were involved in last year, like in the postseason, and they know that they've got like all star talent on this team. They're starting to surround it with some outside shooting, someone who could rebound. Like if, if they've got I actually looked this up earlier in my car because I got really distracted when I, I parked in front of the house earlier. <laughs> um They've, they haven't been out-rebounded as a team very often this year. I think it's only happened one or twice, and usually by like one or two boards. But they have done serious damage in the games where they are dominating the boards. Um, and if, I mean, if, if you look at what makes teams successful, every coach wants a team who rebounds well, who gets to the foul line and makes their foul shots, doesn't turn the ball over. I think the Wings are sort of morphing into that team right now. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see them necessarily competing in a series with uh some of these teams that are stacked with like multiple mvp champion type players and we talk about them all the time and i know you guys are sick of it but this is a well-built team that's already five and three they haven't lost at home all season and i'm gonna start you know when they show up on other team schedules i'm mentally tabbing them as like a ooh, that's a tough game like dallas dallas is figuring out how to win Dallas is an interesting team right now. I think this is a this is a team that um, I don't think is a an easy out. This is going to be a tough win um, for most teams in this league. I think there's a few teams that you know can come in with with some confidence, but it's it's pretty rare. I think Dallas is playing uh, right now uh, really really solid, as good as anybody you know outside of those top three that you mentioned earlier. Really impressive stuff. Logan, I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about uh, the <laughs> the game that I think a lot of people were looking at as the two teams that have seemed to have struggled the most. Uh, well, two of the three, I would say. I this this uh, Seattle, notwithstanding, but the Indiana Fever playing at the Minnesota Lynx tonight, and uh, this game did not go. Um, 
I think, is, is how the Lynx had planned. I think that the Lynx saw Indiana on the schedule and thought that's that's a likely win. Let's go ahead and schedule that, and let's do something special that night. They celebrated uh, a 25th anniversary game. Um, they they kind of had this this 25th anniversary celebration where they brought in all these all these top players from the past. Um, I mean, they had they had everybody there. They had Maya Moore, Lindsey Whalen, Sylvia Fowles, Simone Augustus. Oh no, they they planned a, a classic. Uh, yeah. Colorado State homecoming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we know how that goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had Rebecca Brunson. They honored, you know, some current players, too. They had Nafisa Collier uh, there. But, I mean, Taj McWilliams, Franklin, Odyssey Sims. Like, they had Renee Montgomery came in. Like, it's, this was Katie uh, Katie Smith. I mean, this was, this was kind of <laughs> the who's who of who the Lynx have had for their entire uh their entire franchise and they thought hey let's celebrate it who should we schedule it against uh probably the fever that's probably the best option that we have to you know we'll make sure that we can ensure a home victory we'll probably let's go ahead and schedule against the fever and the fever just said nope <laughs> not tonight you know what i love um, about the fever is they're always very aware of what's at stake yes because they've they've <laughs> stepped up twice this year to win their two games have been like to snap the like the longest losing streak in WNBA <laughs> history and not stand alone as the holder of that record and to spoil Minnesota Lynx night. So as long as there's just something on the line to get them ticked off, they not like they you know end up. of season standings or anything. No, because that's, like... that's look, that's hard. That's that's a long that's a that's an abstract thought right you're now. You're saying just like a one off game. But if if you show up and you're like, hey that other locker room's talking about how like oh, everybody's no. visiting and they're going to roll us tonight. <laughs> I'm not about that. Oh, yeah. This was this was an interesting one. Um Collier actually had a really solid game. She uh she had 28 and 14. One of the better games she's had all season. Collier's having a great year. She is it having just a great doesn't year. Doesn't matter. But like it, it, nobody else is really doing a whole yeah. lot, unfortunately. But the Indiana Fever actually had a really – they had a lot of players step up. I mean, Kelsey Mitchell leading the way uh, points-wise points as, you know, we usually see with her. But um, this front court duo of Nalissa Smith and Aaliyah Boston is getting more and more exciting as this year goes on. Having these two players play together um, is, I think, just, just an absolute blast. I think that uh, – Having these, you know, these this is a number one and number two overall draft pick leading the front court for Indiana, and they're both so young, and yet they're getting a lot of effectiveness. They combined for 23 boards tonight, both of them coming up with a double double uh, on the night. And again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna over celebrate for Indiana because, like, let's be frank, Minnesota looks like they've looked pretty awful this season too. So it's not like they, they came out and, you know, almost beat the aces like they did the other night, but they, you know, they, they, they at least didn't like totally hand the game over, uh, to, to the links, you know, or, or if they did, the links weren't good enough to, to take advantage of it. But, um, this was an interesting game. I, I thought it was (laughs) really exciting, but I, I have to imagine if you were one of the, those you know 25 players or 25 people from the 
from the franchise getting honored tonight. And then you watch your team. Oh, your one win Minnesota Lynx drop a game at home to the Indiana Fever, who are also a one win team. You in have which, to... <laughs> in which all they needed for a win was to score seventy two or more points, and couldn't <laughs> yeah. couldn't break the seventy couldn't mark. Do it, like you have to imagine, you know, like like putting yourself in like Simone Augustus's shoes, or like Maya Moore, you know, like some of these, like, like you have to be like, oh, we have. Uh... Maybe that's My, part of how the, we uh, have fallen. You know, maybe that's part of the honor. Is like, look how much it sucks without you guys. Like, <laughs> I like that they honor and be like, "Hey, uh, we wish we wish y'all had come back because uh, things are things are not going well right now." <laughs> maybe someone was pulling them aside for coaching interviews, just like, "Hey, uh, if there were to be an opening, <laughs> by the way, I I, like, I don't Maya, know. We got a jersey. We got a jersey in the back. Can you just cut through that? I don't one? know we if that's the right move or the wrong move, but they're like, <laughs> this is the sort of season where you sort of have to do something in the off season if it continues this way, unless right. it's all just taken care of because they get the number one pick next year. I was gonna say the <laughs> next two drafts are stacked. So if there's a time for Minnesota to absolutely tank, sure. Last last season and this season. That's, that's yeah, this is good. this is very San Antonio Spurs of them. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so true. The the fever, by the way, uh, their their magic number is six. Do you know why the magic number is six? Magic number is six. <laughs> no, <laughs> they have not won more than six games. Oh, in four of their last five seasons. Oh. <laughs> That sounds so bad when you. It is. Oh my! Quite gosh. bad. Don't don't just don't put this on me. It's not how I said it. It's bad. No, I'm not saying it's not the way you said it. I'm just saying um, it just sounds so bad. When, they uh, they when had you a look at the long term perspective. Yeah, they had a 2019 where they went 13 and 21, which I completely forgot about. Oh, that's right. But, and they were the ninth seed that year, right? But the, yeah, but they had this just block. The playoffs. <laughs> they had this block. Basically, Kelsey Mitchell's entire career has just oh. been wallowing in six wins or less and it's literally six and 28 six and 16 six and 26 five and 26 Oof. well hey they're two and five so they're if they continue this trajectory they're gonna be a double digit i don't want to be on pace guy but they're they're they might break double digits all, all joking aside the like we I we say it every episode. I like a bunch of the players on their team. Nalissa Smith and Aaliyah Boston are a handful. They both got double doubles in this game. Uh Kelsey Mitchell, Erica Wheeler, they're doing their thing. I I like them. They're they they dig deep into the bench to see what they've got there, which I think a lot of young teams sometimes forget to do. I appreciate that they do that. I want more Queen Eggbo minutes, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Um but ultimately, like, they still <laughs> I'm glad that they got the win. It was close at the end of this one. If you didn't watch this one, it came down to the wire. They missed some free throws. They still were able to seal it. Good for them because the Fever have been known to blow games like this before. But I think it tells me a lot more about Minnesota than it did about Indiana. Because Indiana still didn't exactly light the scoreboard on fire or do... I, I don't know. It It wasn't like they really showed out. So much as I think Minnesota is just lost right now. Like they got a little bit of a lift when Kayla McBuckets came back, um, got their lone win of the season in her second game as when she was their leading scorer. I think that emotional lift has now faded and they're back to just like, they're just deferring to Collier every night and not playing defense. And it sort of feels like 
I don't know if anything's going to happen with them this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I I agree. This I, yeah, it's a tough year to be a Lynx fan. Other than hoping that you can just land some of the incredible prospects that are coming up uh, here pretty soon out of the college game, um, Logan. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, have this episode go too much longer and 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 sit and break down every last little detail. Can we talk for about the Los Angeles Sparks for just a minute, though? Sure. Can, 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 yes. Can we can we have some Sparks talk? This team. <laughs> I am so. I'm just confused a little bit. <laughs> they they really handed it to uh chicago tonight um and this is a chicago team that you know the last couple games have looked really good in fact the last like three games i believe have, have looked really good I, they they uh you know they they were coming off a, a two-game win streak one of those against the liberty and then the previous game to that was again against the liberty where they just lost by one um we know how good the liberty are so i was i was kind of feeling good on chicago you know like and you know, and you and I talked about how Copper's, you know, this bona fide star. And then L.A. comes in and just absolutely destroys Chicago. Um, but just like a couple days ago on Tuesday, <laughs> Chicago lost to the Seattle Storm, who have been awful this season. I mean, Jewel Lloyd aside, this is an Awful. This is a. This is not a Seattle Storm team. This Seattle Storm team might end you mean, up. You mean like, the Sparks? The Sparks lost to the the Storm. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Who did I say? Did I say this this guy? Yeah. I meant yeah, the Sparks. Yeah. Sorry. I meant the Sparks. Yeah. The Sparks lost to the Storm a couple days ago. I just. I am. I don't know. I I I can't decide what I think about L.A. right now. They're they're a really confusing team and I don't know if this is if this is a, a gelling issue early on with, you know, new coach, new players kind of a thing or or what, you know, because I think the way that they played tonight, I I wouldn't want to face them at all. The way they played on Tuesday, I, anybody would beat them, you know. So I I'm just curious. What do you think about LA? Help me Help me, as someone who has had to, who's taken an extra interest in LA. They they're very intriguing to me. I will say that, but I don't know what to make of them yet. What do you make of them? Well, sometimes they play really good defense. They lead the league in steals, <laughs> uh, as you mentioned. They have, I mean, their wins this season aren't really against impressive teams. They have two wins right. against the Mercury. They beat the Storm. They beat the Sky in this one in a low scoring game. They, they lost to the Storm 66-63 in what we have to nominate as this year's game we wish we could forget. Yeah, that was a um, bad one. <laughs> but the reason that their wins are all kind of unimpressive is the only other team they've played is they have two losses to the Aces. <laughs> so, cool. so, like, we haven't really seen them match up against... Maybe the Sky are really the first team they've matched up against that I feel like is a pretty even battle for them. Yeah, and they, that's, they that's won by 15. They held them to 62 they really put a cap on copper, which that that's the probably the most telling. If I was to take one thing away from this game that I think really means something, um, being able to limit someone like copper does mean a lot. But this is the fun thing about teams that kind of get mashed together and paired with a new coach in the off season is they're not like, <laughs> they're, they're not like, like the ingredients aren't spread evenly yet. 
in the recipe. So sometimes <laughs> you get very spicy, and then other times you just get like, wow, nothing that did nothing for me tonight. And the I think that's going to be their whole season. Honestly, I <laughs> that's, uh, they have the type of players that can make you remember like, oh, I I don't think I want to play this five hundred six seed in a playoff series. Like mm-hmm. we should be fine, but. Neko Gumake is a pretty good player. Oh, that's uh, what I, I love what so I got I gotta give a shout out to to Steve in our group chat tonight. We we mentioned Neka and I wanna I wanna quote him verbatim because the way that the way that he said this was was just perfect. He said, NECA is the quietest superstar in the league. She is such a force and it catches you by surprise every time. And it's true. I think that there's I mean, outside of Sparks fans. Like so many people forget just how good NECA is. This is an MVP in the league. This is someone who won the MVP not that long ago. Um, and yet for some reason, every time she she, you know, has these games, it's just it's just consistency too. I feel like she's just she's gonna get about twenty points and ten rebounds. She's just a twenty ten machine, like always. And that's that like she's not she's not necessarily flashy she's not but because LA has been so um just meh right they haven't been like top of the league they haven't been like awful they've just been like eh like for the last several seasons I think we forget about NECA um and I absolutely I I just I just love what what she what she did I mean tonight 19 points 14 rebounds five assists she was plus 20 on the plus minus um and then her team as you said made copper kind of a non-factor like this if, if that's the case they looked very good tonight and i i am a little nervous for other teams if this la squad can kind of like come together and start gelling this could be a really really solid Sparks team. You got Laisha Clarendon and, and they have had such a, a, a good career and they've got a lot of experience. Dierka Hamby coming out of Vegas. Uh, you got Jordan Canada with a ton of speed at the, at the point guard spot. And then, you know, you got NECA. Oh, yeah, Jasmine Thomas, Azure Stevens. Like, they've got some names. They've got some talent here. This team starts to gel. This is a team that could really really do some damage here late in the late in the season so anyway thanks for helping talk me through my feelings with i i think this team is moving in the right direction i i don't know if four they're four and three right now it kind of feels like an aberration because again they've played some bad teams but then they've played the aces and we don't know what that means i i would be interested in the drama of like a one eight matchup where Dierka Hamby goes out and has like the best playoff game of her career against Vegas because of all like the, <laughs> the, I think it's kind of simmered now, but there's probably some beef there. Um, she oh, did I'm have sure. a really good game in this one. I, Jordan Canada. I like, I really like, she had a really good game. She's always just what you'd expect her to be. I guess I, I would love for her to make the leap to being like star guard on this team, because if she doesn't, this team does need to go hunting for one eventually um, mm-hmm. because she's, she's like at the doorstep sometimes, but you think about the type of games that Ogumbawale and Jewel Lloyd and 
those types of players can give you. I don't know if Jordan Canada has that yet. Uh, yeah, and that's really great. that the the Sparks are proficient defensively. They're efficient offensively, but sometimes you just need to be able to pour it on. They don't really do that. Um, also, just a fun anomaly in this game. This this is something we could talk more about um, for their season as a whole. But in this game particularly, I, I thought it was funny that um, <laughs> the Sparks hit three three-pointers all game. None of them came from the starters. Um, the, that is kind of that is kind of that's that feels very like Las Vegas aces of a couple. Of years the, ago. the bench came in and hit three. Um, the starters went zero for nine. <laughs> so uh, that is crazy. And and you'd think like, why don't they go and get one of those Samuelson sisters and throw them in there and hit some threes? Well, they they do have one they of those Samuelson <laughs> sisters, and she did hit one of them. Um, but yeah, you, I, I think you don't just go and get like a three point sniper in the off season. I think you go and if Canada can be your second option in the backcourt and you can get someone really like, like you didn't get Bree Stewart in the off season, you've got a bunch of money to spend next off season, like Ogumake, Hamby, Canada. Mm, I don't know who that person is. Like you might really have something on, on this team with, with some good role players and, just yeah, a, this a is this is work, work I, stuff I, out. I think you're right. This is a team that is probably one piece away from being like a legitimate, legit I, threat. I I hesitate specifically because of my my NBA fandom has claimed that they have been one piece away for a long, long time. If that one piece <laughs> is like a top five player in the league, it then I don't actually think they're no, a piece away. I wouldn't say top five. I'd say a top twenty player in if, the league. If they were able to get a premier guard in a draft or if someone drafted like a Caitlin Clark or a Paige Beckers and the income, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, the guard who's there now needs somewhere to go. Um, I, I, I almost think they would be better off getting a veteran and going for yeah, agreed. Uh, a title while, while NECA is still kind of like the rock that that team is built on anyway and you know who's a free agent this upcoming off season oh right i've oh <laughs> I, it's not that i'm it's not that i'm unhappy i root i root for steve's and jason's happiness it's <laughs> it's it's just gonna be very hard around here if if the sparks get jewel lloyd and become Pacific. a top top team in the WNBA. If, if the sparks get jewel lloyd there will be probably well, I know at least two, potentially four jerseys purchased immediately from <laughs> the show, from the podcast. Host it depends here. on how many colors you can get them in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, Logan. Well, uh, we could go on and on about all the rest of these games, but um, any other any other last points that you got to make sure that we hit before we before we wrap this one up? There's one big one. Uh, I alluded to it earlier, but. The Liberty are still kind of transforming. They're trying to figure out their <laughs> shape. But but they've reached the point in the season where maybe Stewie goes out and gets 40 or 45. Maybe Sabrina goes out and gets 37 and hits eight threes because they just don't go over screens like they should. And apparently she took that personally. Um, it's it's cr- like she had an awesome game. We could do a whole episode on Sabrina. We have in the past. She she Um, had her her career high. We got into Agumbawale, and I forgot to come back to to UNESCO. I'm so glad you mentioned that. They annihilated the dream. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a surprise to anyone, but they had like 61 points at halftime. 
they, I mean, even against a bad defense, that's, that's a lot of points for 10 minute quarters. Um, once they get things settled, I mean, by the way, Stewie had a ho-hum, like 25 and nine game or something like that. Um, you know, just, just average, just garbage. (laughs) No, no, not at all. Um, but, uh, it sounds like coach Brondello is still talking about John Quill Jones as though her like minutes are still ramping up. She's still recovering from an injury, integrating her into the offense. And, and she went for 11 and eight because she's really good, but it like, this is not a fully operational Liberty yet. And they still put up one Oh six and they're five Mm -hmm. and two. So this is a five and two upper crust, very good team that could score a bunch of points with lots of room for improvement. So just be ready because at some point, like I think we recognize their potential right now and all off season, it was potential, potential, potential. And then tonight, Sabrina and Stewie go out and they like combine for what, like 62 points or whatever. And we're just like, dude, like it's, it's coming to fruition. Like this potential of like all these stars in one place. We're not even there yet because John Quill Jones is not fully realized in this starting five just yet. And by the way, Court, Courtney Vandersloot's also there. So yeah, Vandersloot, and that's the thing. Getting with getting her, she had eleven assists in this one, but she's going to average nine assists a game, rain or shine. She might average does 11 does not matter. Yeah, assists a game with this amount with the, like, yeah, the with the amount that they're scoring. Yeah, they got, and, and that's the thing is, if Ben Laney is your like quote unquote weak point in your starting five, you're in a pretty dang good spot. Because it wasn't that long ago that Benton Lajelani was kind of like yeah. you're, oh, yeah. you're one and only in New York. And if, now all of a sudden, if you're she's a, your, your yeah. weak point in your five. If go, you're in okay. a series and you feel like you match up, I guess, as well as you can against Stewie because nobody matches up against Stewie, and you're shutting everybody else down, you're feeling great about yourself, Benton Lajelani's got a 30-point game in her somewhere. Easy. Like, she'll, yeah. she'll do that. Um, <laughs> if this is, you know, by the way, Steph Dolson's on this team. I forget about that all the yeah. time. Like this, this team Kayla just has Thornton, like everybody. This, this, this team um, is is deeper than Vegas. They're they're deeper in their bench than Vegas is, and and their starting five is is really solid. One of the like, if they can yeah. figure it out, if they can take off and, and really come together and start gelling, and John Quell's minutes start ramping up. Ooh, this is gonna be. Is going to be a, a, a two-headed monster, and then Connecticut's probably going to win the whole yeah. thing because because <laughs> yes. Connecticut yes. has the been one year that I win. don't yeah <laughs> Connecticut's been picked to win over and over and over, and then they never do. They've never gotten over the hump. Kurt Miller bounces, and they've got this New York Las Vegas is going to be one of these two, and then of course Connecticut's probably going to come in and just take the whole thing. So yeah. By the way, <laughs> one thing, and I know you asked me if like one more thing, and then we spent no, like five minutes on this. One I thing like about Sabrina that I think is important to note. I, I think everybody recognizes she's a good player and she's a big part of what the Liberty want to do this year and in the future. She, I think, like, like this game is obviously a little bit of an anomaly. You're not going to ask her to go 8 of 13 from deep every night. She also was getting to the foul line a lot. She went 9 yeah. of 10 from the foul line. And she, and she does that a lot. Like, she can get... like Usually on nights where you camp out on the arc because they're not guarding you, you don't see that. She still finds ways and picks her her spots to attack the rim and get something out of those kind of ugly possessions. It's why she could go ten of eighteen and end up with thirty seven points, which is just a weird. It's just such a weird number because almost all of her field goals were three pointers, and then she got a bunch from the fouling. But like she she's just such an even player. She shows up all over the stat sheet. 
And I think she, she, her combination of getting to the foul line and being efficient there and being able to score from anywhere on the court, including efficient from three, you just don't find a lot of players like that. Like that's not how Arike gets her points. It's not really even how Jewel gets her points. Um, and I think it's just such a perfect fit for what Stewie does that you're going to have more nights like this where you, <laughs> like, you're going to go into the locker room at halftime and just be like, I don't know, man. Like, I, how do you slow down a team that, like, they have two unguardable players and a guard in Courtney Vandersloot that can find them with her eyes closed? Like, I don't know what to do. And again, I just spent five minutes rambling about this without even bringing up the fact that Jonquil Jones is on this team and not even playing her best basketball yet. So that's just, that's a big, long, like, runway for the Liberty have a lot more to show you. And you're going to get more podcasts from us talking about them, most likely, the rest of this year. But wanted to shout out Sabrina because she had an awesome game. And I don't want Liberty fans to be mad. Nope, I'm so glad you did. <laughs> I uh, we I mentioned the three, Bonner, Enrique, and Ionescu, and then went to... You know, we obviously got in on Arike, and then we just went like game by game. Totally space coming back to Yudescu because for some reason that box had been checked in my mind. I'm glad that you said something. Um, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you're looking to uh, help us out or honestly just help the WNBA and women's basketball in, like get bigger and better, one easy and simple way to do that is to quickly leave a five-star review on uh, on our show, wherever you happen to be listening, whether it's uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you happen to be, if you could, you know, like or review and give us that five point five star review, we'd really appreciate it. It helps uh, take our show and, and kind of move us up the ranks. Um, we currently are uh, a top one hundred. Uh, basketball podcast that's a lot of fun and i believe the only women's basketball podcast to appear in that in that realm so continue to hit that um and honestly don't stop there go to the other podcasts that cover the w um hit them up with reviews as well and listen to them and download their shows there's some really phenomenal content being put out um not just by us but by so many other talented people please like if there's a, a way to help grow this game, it's to get more people finding shows like this that can help introduce them into the league. And, uh, you know, uh, let's get some more casual fans. Let's get some more people just tuning into the WNBA here and there. I think we got it. We got to grow it that way. So if you could help us out, leave that quick review, go to a, another WNBA show, leave a review for them. Just little things like that really do go a long way. Um, Logan, any last thoughts before we go ahead and sign off? Uh, ready for uh, somehow this weekend is going to disprove everything we just said. I don't know how <laughs> because I feel like they were pretty level-headed takes today. But we've got Saturday games, we've got Sunday games, and probably a whole lot more coming for you next week. Yep, Sunday night or Sunday, all twelve teams are playing. You got six games to cover on on Sunday, so heads up for those. Make sure you you're uh, you're uh your tv subscriptions and whatnot are, are being taken care of uh WNBA league pass very cheap and affordable go ahead and hit that up it's gonna they have a split screen uh feature that is well worth it oh yes during games during days like this coming sunday so check that out but thanks everybody for listening as always 
Uh, my, uh, wow, whoa, I forgot how we do our outros, Logan. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. For WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.